We welcome you here at the church. Those that are watching us by way of streaming online uh, campus, we love you so very much. God bless each and every one of you as well for joining us today. Uh, we are excited about our new song coming out, God is Moving. Uh, out of the three songs, I think it's the most powerful, although I told the Rosados, I like, I mean, all three of my favorite songs, literally. I said, and, and I saw them tear up a little bit. I said, I'm telling you, they're my favorite songs. I'm going to enjoy the music coming out of this house prophetically. And the quality, the quality uh, all that's in-house, all of our singers, all of our musicians, it's written in-house as well. Uh, the man on the, on the keyboard, can't see him right now, the lights aren't on him right now, but the man on the keyboard, Tony Rivera, is the one who actually produces it all, does it himself. I tell you, we got talent, and I prophesied over Tony many years ago, way, we were on the other side of the building, he was just a kid, uh, about these kind of things coming to pass, and we had no idea it would be for our own uh, church, so we're glad to see that as well. Church, we, I don't know if you know this or not, but we live in a fallen world. It ain't perfect. <laughs> I don't know if you know that or not. And the Bible says that we're in the world. Y'all are already preaching my sermon. But we're not of the world. I said we're in it, but we're not of it. What? The world. The world, the word world in Greek is the word cosmos. Cosmos. It's speaking of how God slings the universes and the stars in space, but even still in that, cosmos means order. It means arrangement. It may look confusing. It may look like it's out of order somehow, but cosmos, world, means order, arrangement. It means governance. So God, when God set up the cosmos, including the world, it was perfect. It was man that fell, and when man fell, sin came into the picture, and sin always brings death to the cycle that God calls life. And I'm not going to preach all that this morning, but I want to kind of just, just sort of pique your interest before we pray and say that we're in the fallen order. We're in the fallen um, arrangement. We're in the fallen governance, or what we call system called the world. We're in it, but we are not of it, which means we're not from it. You and I have been born again, 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 hallelujah, and we've been taken out of one system, the kingdom of men or the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom, another system, the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God, and so therefore we're in this world, in the system of fallen man and fallen systems, but in a sense, in a sense we are not of it. That's, this is what James and John, the, the, the sons of thunder, did not understand. I was thinking about this this week and how that when there was some sort of um, uh, upheaval and, 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 and people weren't following Jesus the way they thought they should follow them and, and rejected him somewhat, the the sons of thunder, they were well-named because they were fiery. You know, they were full of thunder and loudness, and they were, you know, they were always clamoring, right? And they were mad and said, Lord, do like the prophets of old and call down fire that you may consume them all. How many of you ever prayed a prayer? Be honest, you prayed a prayer, just one finger to the Lord. People got all the hands up. Hallelujah. Lord, take care of my enemies. Fire come down and consume. They prayed that prayer, man. Consume them. With fire. And Jesus said, hey, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. In other words, 
This is what I feel. I feel like there are many in the body of Christ that do not know what manner of spirit they're of. So either they put up with too much or they try to have too much authority and take it upon themselves things they have no business trying. But the Bible does say that Jesus gives us authority because all authority was given to him. And he says, now I've given it to you. Freely receive, now freely give. When Jesus made these statements, he began to also talk to a man named Peter whose name was Simon. His name was Simon, which means a reed. And, he, and before his name was Peter. And he said, he, he began to talk to him. He said, he said, who do you say that the Son of Man am? I'm not even preaching yet. This is before we pray. Praise God. This is all free, y'all. Y'all are retired. Y'all tired. You're retired. Or would you like to have some revelation this morning? All right. That sounds like, that sounds like you want hungry. Amen. And so, and so, uh, they said, well, some say Jeremiah, some say you're Elijah to come. He said, but who do you say that I am? That's what they say. And Peter, Simon, stood up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And he said, surely flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Simon. But my Father in heaven has revealed this, the revelation of the truth of who I am to you. You know, that revelation still exists today. We're still learning about who he is And he said, you will no longer be called Simon, but you are Peter, a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. I know y'all watching me right now streaming. We thank God for every one of you. But God still got a church in mind. He wants people to come together even more as you see the day approaching. Amen. God still wants us to come together. He said, he's still building his church. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. When you understand where Jesus was standing, he was standing on a rock called hell. He literally was standing in Israel on a rock called hell or Hades. And he was standing right there because that was the place that the oral tradition was handed down that when the sons of God came down from heaven and they slept, they saw that the fairness of the beautiful women and said, we will sleep with these women and we'll have them ourselves. And we talk about, you, you have to study the Bible and understand that that's what happened. And these angels fell from heaven and came to sleep with the women and they had a race of people called the Nephilim, which were the giant. They had a portal, and the place that Jesus was standing was the oral tradition. That's where the sons of God fell on earth, and sin crept into the earth until where God had to send a great flood to knock them all out. What does that say to us? That tells me that he said, upon this rock, wherever the devil has gotten a hold of you, wherever the devil has gained interest into your life, on that rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Come on. So let us prophesy here this morning. Upon this rock in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the gates of hell might be, where it might seem like a a divided city racially, we say it's where heaven is about to show up and show out. Prophesy. Can these bones live? Surely they can live. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Everybody say you have to see it to believe it. You have to see it to believe it. 
title of my message this morning is See It Through. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you so very much, Lord God, for your power and your presence already in this place, Lord God. Truly, there is a port of heaven that's open over this place. Surely, there is the anointing of God that's flowing, Lord God, not because of me, not in my pride, not in myself, not in my ego. None of that matters to you, Father God. But I pray, Lord God, as I humble myself, Lord God, that you would use me mightily, Lord God, to prophesy to these people, Lord God, to those that are watching us, Lord God, a word of, of encouragement in a season Lord God, of discouragement or a season, Lord God, of being discredited or a season of contradiction, Lord God. Let a, a true, pure word come forth, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus and the church that believed it said amen and amen. Hallelujah. Well, it all goes back to the garden. And those who have been around this church know for a long time I've preached about these things because I believe that we can go back to the book of Genesis and really see the pattern. It all started there. And in the garden, God had created this beautiful place called Eden. And there he placed, he, after he created man, he placed he and his wife in the garden. And it was lush and beautiful and everything that Adam named and Eve named, it became it. It, 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 it its characteristics, it wasn't just a giraffe. He didn't just say, oh, that looks like a giraffe. He called it giraffe and the giraffe had a meaning and its purpose and meaning came forth as he called it. So whatever he called it, he says, that's what it shall be named, God said. Gives man incredible authority on the earth and says, everything's yours, Adam. Eve, everything's yours. It's all yours. I've given it to you. You have dominion. You have authority. You take rulership. You take ownership of it. It belongs to you. He said, but there's one thing that belongs to me. And how many believe that God can still have what he wants even when he gives you something? He can say, but this belongs to me. And that's exactly what he did. And he, he creates this tree in the midst of the garden, the Bible says. It's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that's a message by itself. But suffice it to say, he said, this is my tree. If you eat from this tree, you will surely die. But the rest of the trees, eat freely. Do what you want. It's yours. And, and, and enjoy. Have a great life. And we don't know how many years it was until... Um, the Bible says that Eve, that Eve was beguiled by the serpent in the garden. It could have been a 1,000 years. It could have been 10,000 years. It could have been 10 years. We're not sure. But we do know there was some conversation going throughout uh, a period of time with Eve and the serpent, which we now understand was, um, was uh, Satan or uh, uh, some type of satanic uh, entity. And um, when I say satanic, I'm talking about the system of Satan it's from that realm. And, um, and so went in and beguiled Eve which, Eve, which means to trick her, to deceive her. But he used her desires to do it. You know, the devil's still doing that today. He uses our desires to trick us so that we'll go with what we want versus what God wants. And, and the, the first thing he says is, hath God said? So he's got to challenge the word of God because the word of God is the most purest thing we have on planet earth. It's his word because he's a promise-keeping God. Whatever he says comes to pass. But so what he does, he tries to be wicked. Wicked means to twist. It means wicker. Wicker baskets are the interweaving or the twisting of two things together, three things, and so on. So he was wicked, and, and he says, hath God said that you should surely die if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil? Surely he knows in the day you eat of it, you'll be like him. Knowing both good and evil, this appealed to her. She grabbed, she ate and grabbed to her husband, and they both ate together. And the Bible says in that very moment, surely their eyes were opened. But the first thing they noticed was they knew their nakedness. 
they, before they had no concept of being naked or being ashamed or the desire to be covered with anything carnal, to be covered with anything that um, was uh, fleshly or that was of the world. They were literally covered with the glory of God, so they weren't naked. They had the glory. But the moment that they ate and disobeyed God and sinned against God was the moment the glory lifted off of them, and they saw one another's nakedness and said, we must cover ourselves. So they, because of their sin, they went and they hid themselves amongst the trees of the garden. Because sin will always make you want to go from God, not to God. And they create the cycle of condemnation and delusionment that you will never, ever be right with God. That's also a lie. But notice that God looks for them. Talk about the mercy, the kindness, the goodness of God. God looks for them, comes down like he always did in the cool of the day, and begin to cry out, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? He was not wanting to know their GPS location. He was wanting to know, why did you give up your position? Where are you? Why are you not ruling and reigning? See, that's where I think the body of Christ is right now. We're so worried about our location that we're not really ruling or reigning the way God wants. He's not looking for you where you're at in Milwaukee or California or where you happen to be watching, whatever it may be. He's looking for your position. Why aren't you standing in the position that I gave you? So he's been doing that for, uh, for 6,000 years with man. So he, they, she, the Bible says she saw the tree. So she saw something with her natural eyes that was desirable to her. Sin comes in the picture. They hid themselves, and then they lose their authority. And God says, who has beguiled you? And Adam said, well, it was the woman you gave me, just like a man. Hallelujah. If it wasn't for her, I'd be okay, you know. And she said, well, it was the devil and so on. And, and, and of course, God already knew the answers to all these things. And they lost their authority. But the good news is, thousands of years later, God had a plan of redemption for mankind, sent Jesus, his son, from heaven to earth. Came and lived a life like men, like all men, but was sinless, the Bible says. And the Bible says he regained back the authority that Adam lost. And he said, now I've, I've given, I said a moment ago, we were, we, were, we were prophesying a moment ago. I said this, I said that, that he, we got the keys back, the keys of authority. Jesus said, freely you have received, now freely give. I've given you all authority over everything that's on the earth. So in a sense, God right the right of the wrong and brought us right back to the time of the Garden of Eden where all dominion and authority is back in our hands. The problem is we don't walk in that dominion and authority lots of times because of our own condemnation our own our own guilt self-pity because we don't walk close with him because we don't have a relationship with him we believe the lie of the devil like we got to do some more hath God said that you'll be like him but the truth is they were already like him because they were made in his image and his likeness the devil's always trying to trick you out of something to make you feel like you're not close to God but the truth is there's I want to preach it but I, I got to teach it Every time you look in the mirror, you're looking right at God in the face. Not because you are God, but you're made like God. You are, just say this out loud and say, I am a child of God. I'm not my mom and dad, but I come from my mom and dad. When two dogs get together, male and female, what do they produce? A dog. When two hamsters get together, male and female, what do they produce? But when God gets together with himself, him and his word, what does he produce? God. That's why the devil hates you so much. Because every time you get up, God caught up on the earth. 
And greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Everywhere you go, he goes. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You're not God, but you walk in his authority. You carry his name. So this world is trained to accept what it sees based on the understanding that they have. So when you don't elevate your understanding with the revelation of God's truth or his word, you are relegated to see something that they say. So when CNN says it, you see it and just believe it. But what if the word contradicts what MSNBC, Fox News, uh, who are the other ones? Whatever. All of them. What if, the, what if the word contradicts what they say? Whose report will you believe? And God's about to shake some of y'all's traditions like they've never been shaken before. And you're clapping now, but some of you are going to go, oh man, I wasn't expecting this. I'm telling you. And God is in it. Because his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They are what? Higher. So we have to come up higher to see what God sees. And whatever we see, we can have. When we accept what we see from God, we can have what we've accepted what we see from God. But when we accept what we see from the news or from the doctor's report or, or from our, our, our ex-spouses and all the garbage that's said in our life, then we accept that and that's what we're going to see happen in our lives. That's why Paul said, I have prayed that the eyes, church, that your eyes of your understanding be opened, be enlightened. Because most of us see through the veil. Most of us, not even the veil, most of us see through scales. Some of y'all see brick walls. I mean, you can't see nothing. And that's why I pray and been praying for the last six months specifically about your discernment and mine that God would give us eyes to see that we would not be beholden. I want to preach something else. I got a message titled inside of me called Bewitched. I think we'll preach that next week because Halloween's coming up and that'll be a good time to talk about it. But a lot, of, a lot of God's people have been bewitched. Who has bewitched you since you believed? Is what Paul wrote the Galatean church. That's what he wrote. God's people can be deceived and if we don't have discernment, we get suckered. Here's the good news. Jesus said, be of good cheer. He's saying, come on, get happy. I have overcome the world, the cosmos. I've overcome the fallen governance. I've overcome the fallen system. I've overcome the fallen order and arrangement. I've given you a better place to live in. You're in it, but you're not of it. It may look like all is lost, but he has overcome. It may look like you're losing the battle, but Jesus has overcome. It may look like you'll never fulfill your destiny, but Jesus has overcome. Jesus overcame so that you would be overcomers. Somebody ought to joy up, get glad, get happy, and be of good cheer. Everybody shout, I am an overcomer. 
Look, our eyes can only see three-dimensionally. We only, nobody in this room can see a fourth dimension without the spirit of grace. But there's another whole dimension that cannot be seen with the natural naked eye. And that's called the realm of the spirit. And this is the place God is taking his people to that it will become supernatural. In other words, his realm is called spirit, right? But he wants to show you the supernatural. Super means the spiritual part of it, right? Signs, wonders, miracles. But the natural means natural, just natural life. Go to work, get, take, get a paycheck, get my groceries, take care of my children, take care of my bills, go on vacation. That's the natural world. He wants to bring spirit and natural and bring them together. That's called the supernatural life. You can clean your garage out and have a vision from God. I do. Every day. Not every day do I have a vision, but I'm saying you can do this anytime. It's the realm of the spirit. God has to open our eyes. That's exactly what Elijah prayed, y'all. And they were surrounded by all the ites, and, 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 and his, his servants said, what are we going to do? He was, he was frantic. He was panicked. And he said, open his eyes, God, that he may see what you show me. And the moment his eyes were open, great confidence came to Gehazi. And he saw these flaming chariots of fire and the angel of God that were surrounding them to protect them against their enemies. That's exactly what God, that's a picture. Did you know there are angels right now in this room today? You brought them here. I brought them here. They're not in the building without us. When you go home, they go home with you. When you go to work, they go to work with you. When you're at the grocery store, they go to the grocery store with you. And sometimes they'll tap you on the shoulder and say, go minister to that person right there. But, Lord, they're trying to buy some taco meat. I don't care. Go, go, go visit them. God has a plan, a supernatural life. But we have to see it through. Open our eyes, Father, that we may have discernment, that we may see what you see. So how do our eyes begin to open to the realm of the Spirit to begin to see that all things are possible? Number one, prayer with meditation and contemplation. Prayer with meditation and contemplation. Now, that's a whole, literal, whole subject by itself that we can't cover right now. But contemplation uh, means deep, reflective thought. I, there's never been a time that I've prayed before God and I haven't gotten quiet before God. And all of a sudden, I begin to contemplate. It's like the Holy Spirit comes upon me. He comes upon you to contemplate our lives. Deep, reflective thought. Lord, you don't like that I do this. Forgive me of that. Lord, you're happy that I'm doing that. Thank you, Jesus. I begin to contemplate even the word that I'm receiving from God in my prayer time. Look what Matthew 6 says. This is what happens when we begin to meditate, pray, and contemplate. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, Jesus said, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues on the corners of the streets that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have the reward, but you, when you pray, not if you pray, but when you pray, not if, not when you get around to it. He expects us to be prayers. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is where? In the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Instantly we understand that the father is not seen by the rest of the world. Neither can they know him. 
Because they're what? They're not spiritually discerned. But you are not like them. You go in a place and you humble yourself before God that you shut your door. You get before God. who The Father is in the secret place. Who rewards you where? In the secret place. And then openly. First in the secret place. Then it becomes open manifestation. So I say this all the time. I've coined the phrase. If anybody else has said this, I've never heard it before except for me. And I'm not bragging. Just saying I, I like to tell you the things that God gives me. The secret place is the place of secrets. So when you want to know the secrets of God, you got to go into your room, shut your door, get all the outside influence out, quit looking at the news. Come on, y'all. Listen, I quit watching the news in March of this year. Why? I knew coronavirus was going to be everywhere in the news. I didn't want that in my spirit. I want to come before you pure before God and before you. So that I can hear the voice of God. And guess what? I've never fe felt more free in my life. So I catch my news here and there. Sometimes people blog something. I'll see a little something. And I might have to investigate it because I need to be up to date. But I'm not watching the news. I used to be a news hound. I, what I do? I started going into my room, shutting my door, coming here before the altar of God and saying, Lord, I need a secret. I need you to tell me something that the world knows nothing about for me and my church. Amen. That's where God reveals his secret plans to his children. Amos 3, 7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Many reasons for that. God, there's something about this God that loves to be sought after. Like he's really into that. You say, well, I don't know why. I'm not in hey, 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 you ain't him. It's what he likes. Seek me while I may be found, says the Lord. That's the word says. And so when you go to seek him in the secret place, God then begins to share with you secrets from heaven. And many times they don't match what's happening in the earth. Almost all the time, they don't match what's happening in the earth. Thy kingdom come, my prayer, my, thy, my prayer, my prayer, my prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that because I recognize his will is not being done on earth as it is in heaven. My job is to make sure his will, his plan, his purpose are carried out from heaven and the earth. In other words, the plan of God cannot manifest in the earth without meditation, revelation, declaration, and preparation. Meditation, in other words, we seek, we must seek the plan of God. Revelation, God must reveal his plan to us. Declaration, we must prophesy his plan. Preparation, we must prepare to receive his plan. Prepare for what? Manifestation. Of what? Of that plan. So we have to have meditation, revelation, declaration, preparation for manifestation. I prophesied at the beginning of this uh, service today, after the third song, great revival and awakening is coming to the earth. So I'm already at the what? Declaration stage. I don't need to meditate it. Come on, somebody. No more meditation. Don't need a revelation. I already got that. Now it's time for what? Declaration. To get us what? 
prepared. Preparation. And once we've been prepared, manifestation. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord the, your God. But those things which are revealed, revelation, belong to who? Us. And to our children forever that we may, be, we may do all the words of the law. Isn't God beautiful that when he reveals something to you, it's passed down to your children? Your family can never be the same again? Secret things belong to God, but if he ever reveals it to you, that truth ever comes to you and the scales come off your eyes and you go, oh my God, I didn't know. I knew, but I didn't know. The light bulb goes off and you now see the truth of God's word. It now belongs to you. You can take ownership of it. That's why if you're sick in your body, you got to get a revelation of your healing in the word of God. And the moment you get the secret revealed to you of God's truth, manifestation comes. The second thing, the second way, the most prominent way, your eyes are open to the realm of the spirit. Are you ready for this? It's so conventional, you're going to miss it, but it's so powerful and so spiritual. It is, in fact, the word of God. I love to prophesy the word of the Lord, but nothing, I mean nothing, is higher than the word of God. Psalms 119.105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. My eyes are open when I begin to walk out the word. I can see it through. I can see it differently. Psalms 119.130, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Well, I'm pretty simple. I need his light in my life. The entrance of your word, your word, your word, your word gives light in a place of darkness. And last time I told you that we found our building right in the Bible. What did it do? Mark chapter 11. I'm not going to get into it right now. Mark chapter 11. We found our building. We found our building. This building we're in right now in the word of God. Well, what, what did it say 49 and 1 South Howell Avenue across the street from the airport? Did it talk about it? It used to be a sixplex theater and, and it used to be owned by Marcus Theaters. And, and, and No, none of that. How'd you find it? By revelation. See, I, I can't get everybody on that one because you, you haven't walked in that yet. But when you start to study God's word out to be approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, light begins to come to you. When you start looking at different. So I saw the cult that Jesus wanted to be prepared for him as the building or the, or the, or the provision that God wanted. And so I named, oh, that's the building. That's what, the cult is the building. And then God lays out the strategy of how to get it to come into my life. Lady, your man is in the Word of God. What do you look like? What do you look like? I don't know. I know he's in there. Sir, your wife is in the Word of God. Uh, sir, your business is in the Word of God. You just need the entrance of his words to bring forth light that you can see in the darkness that you could see, see before that the plan of God may unfold and you can see it through. Somebody say amen. amen. So again, you need more than information. You need revelation for manifestation of your future habitation. Somebody say amen. amen. 
And it, you can't just read the word of God as a good story. You know that Jonah story, that was a good story. You got swallowed by that fish and everything. That's pretty cool. Oh, you know, Goliath, he took down that giant. Wow, I wonder how big the giant was. None of that even matters. I mean, it's interesting stuff. I suppose it's got its, it's got its place, but it's much more than that. What is the revelation? In other words, God saying, what is your giant that needs to be taken down? Jonah, what does God say to you that you've not obeyed him in yet? There's a revelation in it. Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of sunder, soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is not a bunch of good stories. It has life. It has power. It's like a sword, and it cuts. That's why I can stand up and preach, and some people be amen to me, and other people can't wait to get out of here. And I can see it, too. I can see everything. I'm elevated over here. I can see everything, praise God. You know when a point hits, people go, oh, Jesus, they start moving around a little bit. All of a sudden, they're looking at their watches, praise God. They get a little, little tick going there, praise God. I got to go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom. You didn't have to go to the bathroom. Five seconds ago, you didn't have to go to the bathroom at all. Now you got to go crazy. You're like, got to go to the bathroom. Right? You can tell when it hits. Revelation of God's word is like turning on the light switch in a dark room. All the fear goes. All the apprehension goes. I can see all the confusion goes, all the disorientation goes, all the insecurity goes. There, there, and, and, and if there's confusion in your life, you got to turn on the light. If there's drama in your life, you got to turn on the light. If there's sickness in your life, you got to turn on the light. The devil brings hell in the dark places, but as soon as you begin to apply the revelation of the word of God, you turned on the light and it totally, totally, totally annihilates the assignment of hell in your life. Somebody say, just speak the word. There are demonic assignments against your life. You say, well, some of you, don't, some of you are so insecure, you can't even believe there's an assignment of hell against you because you don't think you're, that, you're that even that important. You are that important. The devil hates you. He wants to take you out. There are assignments of hell that are up against you. There are witches and warlocks that pray against this ministry on a constant basis. How do you know? The Lord has shown us. Are you afraid? Are you kidding me? Don't make me sing, I'm still standing. After all this time, come on, y'all. If they could take me out, it would have been a long time ago. Praying this morning. And I, I heard the assignment of witchcraft against the church. What was it? I simply heard they're praying the spirit of confusion. I said, not today, devil, not today. Did you take it, did you take it to the prayer team? Nope. Didn't have to on this one. God showed me. So I took care of it. I was up early this morning. Y'all were sleeping at 4.30 in the morning. I was here at the church. I bounded. I said, devil of confusion, you'll not attack my people. You spirit of strife and division, I command you, come out of this church. Come off of my life. The blood of Jesus be applied. And I told that, I said, devil, all the curse words you cursed on me goes back to whence it came. You'll never wish you ever said those words. When are the witches and warlocks going to realize it comes back on them? That's kind of heavy, pastor, for Sunday morning. Can't we just get along? 
I love getting along. That's not a problem for me. I love it. But, but if you think about we were born for this day. Oh, my God, 2020. Oh, my God, I can't help. I'm so sick and tired of seeing memes about how bad 2020 is. And I get it. They're funny. And I'm not getting on nobody. I'm just saying enough is enough. I, do you ever, 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 ever see me post something like that in your life? Look at 20. I don't do that. Because I'm, look, I'm not seeing that. There's a strategy of heaven that's going on beneath the surface, and I'm trying to stay in tune with that. That's why I shut off all the other stuff out. I'm not perfect, but, but I'm trying to I'm, 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 pray for your pastor because I want to I know. I want to see what God's up to. Amen. So we got to speak the word. Has anybody ever turned the light off in a dark, in a dark room and, and all of a sudden when you say, you look around and, and you can't see nothing and your eyes are closed because I mean, you, you, can't, you can't see nothing and you, you start to grope around in the dark and then somebody turns on the light you're like, you know how stupid you look? You got fear, you're afraid, you're going to stumble and fall, maybe someone's in the dark waiting for you to get you. Amen, right? Can't see. And someone turns the lights on, you go, oh, <laughs> like you're all cool and stuff, right? That's kind of how we look when we're walking around the earth in darkness. We're, we're groping. We look silly to the devil. You don't have to be in darkness. I said pray. I said meditate. I said contemplate. And then I said get your Bible out and begin to study that Bible. Get good preaching like this on podcasts and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. Get the revelation because revelation is insight and the word of God is the inside information that the world doesn't have. Secrets. Insider tips. Like he told, he told Joseph in a dream there's going to be seven uh, fat years and seven lean years. Remember that? So he tells Pharaoh, he interprets that dream, seven lean years, seven fat years. He said what it's about, he said we're going to have seven years of double, plenty. He said, but we're not to eat it up. We're to store it because there's going to be seven lean years after that. So God gives the Pharaoh inside information from heaven that the world didn't have, but he did it through a prophet of the Lord. And we see this over and over. It's replete in the scriptures. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no revelation or insight, the people cast off restraint. They give up. And that's why we see so many Christians being so negative right now in the world. And they're so full of politics, they can't see straight. I'm not saying that God's not involved in politics. Surely he is but I'm saying with you, think about the anger you're in right now. Think about how much turmoil you're in right now. Think about how many times you keep checking your Facebook. What are they saying now? You put a little post out there. What are they saying right now? I'm going to fight them. I'm going to take them. I'm going to fight them. I'm going to yell at them. I'm going to tell them what their position's wrong. Not so in the household of God. It's tearing the brothers and sisters apart. And there's a whole bunch of people that say nothing that will never trust you again. Because you put politics above the word of God. You better hear your pastor this morning. I know what I'm talking about. Let me tell you, discouragement comes. People 
cast off restraint, they give up discouragement comes and discouragement is one of the, the chief weapons of the devil. You gotta learn that when discouragement comes, you gotta encourage yourself in the Lord. Ain't nobody that can help you better than you reminding yourself of how faithful he is. Let me say it again. Ain't nobody can help you better than you reminding yourself of how faithful your God is. I may be in trouble, but God's always made a way. I may be a little down, but he's never counted me out. I may be hurting a little bit, but he's always picked me up. I serve a God who's a way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Someone say amen. I said nobody but him. It's got to be him plus nobody else. Come on, y'all. Y'all going to be singing now this morning. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's the one who's got my corner. He's the one that's always got my back. He's the one who's my greatest advocate. He's the one that's got the fire. Oh, come on, somebody. That pushes me through. Woo! Can you see it? I said, can you see it? Amen. Remember what God did with Abraham. And he said, look from the place you are at. He didn't say look at the place you're at. He said look from it, eastward, westward, northward, southward, and see the land and all that you can see. By revelation, I give it to you. Why do I say by revelation? Because all the land he could see did not belong to him. But he said, don't look at where you're at, troubled, still don't have the promise come to pass, got an enemy on your back, King AI, all these different things going on. He said, now look from this place and look again and see your destiny is at hand. Look from the place. What can you see? Because whatever you can see, you can own. While we do not look at the things which are seen with our natural eyes, but we look at this what we see with our spirit eyes or by revelation or in the realm of the spirit. We're going right back to the beginning of the message. But the things which you see, we see are temporary, which means they're subject to change. But the things which we cannot see, but we do see anyhow, those things are what? They're eternal. I said they're eternal. What can you see? I said, what can you see? I feel the Spirit of God tugging this morning in people's hearts. I feel like you're being pushed into another world, another realm. Your faith is about to explode on another level in another dimension called the spirit world. You're going there. You're going to have some supernatural in your life. And I'll tell you, nobody can do you like Jesus. Jesus. 